This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Can't afford to pay attention. <laughs> Stanley's drastic singing career. You see where it's going, guys. That's right, guys. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money, man. I ain't got no money. Oh, that was hot. That was not hot. You still want the beat drop? No, I didn't see that. Anyways, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. And while I am talking to you, I am uploading a snap of Selena having a seizure (laughs) while we play The Weeknd. I love that song. What's the name of the song? I forgot already. I don't know, but it's just a really good one. Um, Girl, you worth it or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, man. But this man is singing his heart out, and it's The Weeknd, so we will take it we will like it and we will enjoy that music and so, it's actually the weekend it Sunday. is the weekend yes it is absolutely the weekend so guys if you are just tuning in we finished a great news roundup when we talked about the nonsensory of South Carolina taking down the confederate flag and not that it's nonsense because it's a good thing they took out the confederate flag but let's be honest are they still shooting black people are they still raping and underpaying black women are they still calling us the n-word then yeah about that but anyways as we shift gears we are talking about what's happening in Puerto Rico. If you have been hiding under a, a table or just watching the news regularly, you'll <laughs> right. notice a lot of news outlets are not talking about Puerto Rico, which is at the brink of a financial crisis. And pardon me, when I say at the brink, I mean they're actually in a financial crisis. Everyone has been focusing on Greece, and now China, who has seen some serious declines in their economy over the last couple of months. But Puerto Rico, which is a commonwealth of America, or as I like, or as I like to call it, America's side chick, is currently in an economic crisis, and there's not really it's not really looking like they have a way out of it or at least a way that wouldn't involve America stepping up to the plate and doing what it's supposed to do. So to help us with this conversation and to give us a better understanding of what the hell is happening and how we can fix it, we have, and I'm very happy to say this, Dr. Victor M. Rodriguez, and he is a director at the Latino Transitional Experience in the Caribbean Initiative and a professor and former chair of the Department of Chicano Studies and Latino Studies at California State University. So he is used to wonderful weather. He is used to brunch, I'm assuming. And he is used to teaching and being smarter than everyone in the room. And it's not going to be that hard because I'm not that smart. Oh, and God. he was born in Puerto Rico and actively involved in leadership positions with the pro-independence and labor movements. He also received a BA in history at the University of Puerto Rico in Rio Piedras before going to earn a doctorate degree at the University of California at Irvine. I like how you rolled that R, Stanley. Thank you so much, Piedras. <laughs> Piedras, yes. That's <laughs> right. Bad. So, Victor, Dr. Victor, Dr. Victor M. Rodriguez, thank you for coming on the show. Do you eat brunch? If you do, what do you drink with that brunch? <laughs> I drink Puerto Rican coffee, of course. Ooh, yes. Yo. I need to go back to Puerto Rico, and no, you need no. to come with me and show me where I can get the best Puerto Rican coffee. You're the coffee. reason their economy is messed up. I am up, not. Right? I went because twice, and I love it. Because you refused to buy any kind of Puerto Rican rum for me, and I, that is why. Sammy, I think I did bring you back Puerto Rican. I brought you a little nip. That's Remember? Not enough. Are you kidding me? How much do you want? At least a liter. Oh, God. I couldn't I couldn't fit that in my suitcase. She was being selfish, Victor. But anyways, <laughs> guys, we are not here to talk about my alcoholic issues. We are here to talk about Puerto Rico. So I don't want to try and butcher what's actually happening because I only know bits and pieces. And I do know, or at least, at least I think, I know that America could be doing a lot more, but they're not. So, Victor, for our listeners, could you tell us what the heck is happening in Puerto Rico? Boy, in, in five minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> there just, you go. Just five, just five. That's right. Right. Uh, let, let me just... Um, correct you on something because this is something that whoever is covering this in the media and I've had a few um, interviews in the last few weeks including from the Washington Post still people call Puerto Rico Commonwealth the reality is that Puerto Rico is not a Commonwealth Puerto Rico is 
legally what is called an unincorporated territory. Mm, what? Territory. That doesn't sound much better. No, it's worse. <laughs> oh, Isn't wow. it? Because a commonwealth sounds like, you know, you're part of some community where you have some, some vote and presence. But unincorporated territory was something created by the Supreme Court after the Spanish-American War so that the Constitution and all the rights would not be extended to black and brown people. Wait, so this really is like the side chick of America. Horrible. You bet, you bet. Whoa. It's the mistress. Puerto Ricans are second-class American citizens. Literally. Wow, illegally. So we're colonizing Puerto Rico, more or less. Oh, you betcha, you betcha. In fact, there's a a judge, uh, Juan Torreya, who's a very conservative judge. He favors statehood for Puerto Rico. He's in the first circuit in Boston. And he himself, in a book that just came out about maybe three or four weeks ago, he says that Puerto Rico's relationship with the United States is colonial. So it's kind of interesting that most of Puerto Rican politicians still have not caught up with that, because even uh, Pierre Lucy, who's the resident commissioner of Puerto Rico in Congress, imagine this, a representative of Puerto Rican Congress, he only has voice. Mm. That reminds me of what I used to tell my kids, you know, around <laughs> us. You can, you can whine, but you cannot vote on decisions mm. in, in our home. Wow. That yeah. is mind-blowing. Yes. And that is, in some sense, kind of the, the, the stage for what is happening in Puerto Rico. Right. Because Puerto Rico doesn't have the powers to do not even what Greece has been done. So at least Greece, you know, was able to have a referendum and kind of gain a little bit of leverage, although they didn't do too well, according to the news. Yeah, they backed up last minute. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but Puerto Rico doesn't even have that. For example... All this came about because when the United States conquered Puerto Rico, invaded Puerto Rico, they passed a Internal Revenue Code. You know that in the United States, we're a capitalist country, so everything is about money. Yeah. And so they passed something called the 931 Internal Revenue Code, which allowed, think about this, allow U.S. corporations to invest in Puerto Rico and not have to pay taxes. What? If they repatriated their money to the United States, they wouldn't have to pay taxes. So, obviously, it's a great deal for corporation. It was a great deal for corporation. Wait, this is still happening? Oh, yes. But now it's called differently. Now it's called, it has another tax code. But at least until 1947, that's the way uh, it was. And then they passed another one called 936. I'm not going to bore you with the, with the numbers. But all were about allowing U.S. corporations to repatriate their profits and, and avoid federal taxes. By the way... They also avoided local taxes in Puerto Rico. So, for example, the pharmaceutical industries, they pay very little local taxes. It's just a pittance, and they're able to double-dip in terms of federal and also a local uh, tax exemption. So it's a great deal for corporations, a bad deal for Puerto Ricans. So is this the reason why Puerto Rico is at the brink of bankruptcy? Absolutely, absolutely. You know... They started um, bringing a, um, a law which is called the um, Operation Bootstrap, which, you know, in Puerto Rico they love euphemisms, which I call little lies, right? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Operation Bootstrap, what I hear when I hear Operation Bootstrap is you bring yourself up by your bootstrap. But oh. this Operation Bootstrap was about providing more tax exemption for American corporations to invest in Puerto Rico. And so that was the beginning of the transformation of Puerto Rico from being, you know, the producer of good sugar cane for rum and coffee 
to basically producing pharmaceuticals, which, by the way, are the most polluting kinds of industries that you can imagine. Mm. Wow. And they also use a lot of water, so the aquifers in Puerto Rico are being, in many ways, uh, depleted. So that changed the economy from being agricultural to industrial. And by the way, in the meantime, half a million uh, Puerto Ricans came to the United States, and most of them are still there in New York, and now they're moving to uh, Florida. So it was a way of transforming the economy of Puerto Rico to serve corporate interests. But, you know, it was at the expense of half a million Puerto Ricans leaving, and now in the last 10 years, 300,000 more have left. Now there's 5 million Puerto Ricans living in the United States, more than in the island, where now there's only 3.5 left. But hold on now, Victor, because I've been watching the news, and when I've watched the news and they've talked about Puerto Rico, what I have heard, and I want to push back on this because I want you to answer this, is that Puerto Rico is in debt because they were just taking loans left and right, and they could not pay them back, and that they were relying too much on borrowed money. And then now, because they have such a small population, they're not getting enough tax revenue to pay back these loans. Sure, I know, and and I've, I've read that narrative, absolutely. Now, imagine, you know, remember the housing crisis, right? Yes, People were blaming uh, middle-class and working-class people for the loans that they took, which later they were not able to pay. Now, if, if you go and you lie to people and tell them, you know, if you get this loan, everything is going to be real perfect and have your own home, but they don't tell them that there's a balloon payment at the end and that at some point their interests are going to jump all the way into the sky. Something like that happened in Puerto Rico. By the 1970s and 1980s, the economy was not doing very well. Um, you know, uh, most of the industrial uh, development taking place, in fact, not even development, growth taking place, was the kind of development where you bring the parts of stuff and you put them together. So it's not the kind of industrial development that you had in the steel industry in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you have bring a TV and you bring the, the, the parts of the TV and you put them together, low salaries, and obviously also it costs um, money to bring the stuff into Puerto Rico. And by the way, Puerto Rico, by federal law, is obligated to use the U.S. Merchant Marine, the most expensive and, I would say, inefficient Merchant Marine in the world. Mm-hmm. So if we want to send something to Dominican Republic or buy something to Dominican Republic, which you know it's you know, 90 miles away, yeah. we have to use the most expensive Merchant Marine um, in the world. So... When, when, when the economy began to collapse because that industrial model did not work, mm-hmm. people lost their jobs. People began to leave for New York, mostly to New York and even some places in Ohio. Mm. And so less people were working, less revenue, and so the government began to have um, deficit. In other words, they were not getting enough revenue because people were not getting high salaries. Mm-hmm. They basically had low salaries. And so what did they do? With Basically, they went to Wall Street, and Wall Street people told them, they were like salespeople, you know, yeah. people that knock on your door, look, you get this, and, and, and it's going to be great, and then they sold them to Americans, because the good thing about municipal bonds, the ones issued by the government of Puerto Rico, you didn't have to pay taxes. So it was a great deal, and a lot of greedy people, I might want to add, got into uh, the business, and most of the debt is because of municipal bonds. So, you know, we can blame people for buying homes that they were not able to uh, afford if they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. And then the same reason Puerto Rico was told, you know, they're, you know this is going to sell well, Puerto Rico is going to get a lot of money, but that money was not invested 
in development. It was invested in filling the deficit. In other words, I earned some money. I can't pay my bill this month, so I put some of my debt in a credit card. And then use another credit card to pay for my debt. That is, in a nutshell, what happened to uh, Puerto Rico. Okay, and really quickly, just so we can be very clear, municipal bonds, what does that mean exactly? Well, it it means that the United States, States, Puerto Rico issues a promise to someone who buys the bond, sometimes at very high interest and now even higher interest because the the bonds of Puerto Rico have received, they have been degraded. In other words, they're not considered to be junk bonds. So that means that Puerto Rico, in order to earn some money, in order to be loaned some money on the basis of these bonds, they have to pay higher interest. And bonds are a promise that you will pay at some point. Mm. And so, you know, if the interest increased because the bonds have been the bonds have been degraded, it means that Puerto Rico owns owns more and more and more. Now, imagine Puerto Rico has a public debt of seventy three billion. 96% of Puerto Rico's gross national product is number one among any state or territory of the United States. There is no way that Puerto Rico will be able to pay that. Mm. That And also, you know, at least Greece was able to go to, or even Jamaica recently, a few years, was able to go to some international finance people and get the money back. But this right now is dealing with Wall Street, the most powerful political force in the United States. Wow. So, Victor, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. We we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, I want to start talking about why Puerto Rico can't take action and just how this relationship with America and Puerto Rico works in regards to them filing for bankruptcy. So, guys, please stay on the line. Victor, please stay on the line. When we come back, we're going to talk about all of that. We're yep, back. We are back. I got student loans. Got a lot of student <laughs> loans. Sally Mae calling me asking for her money. <laughs> Daily, is that your theme? for? Are, so are you the rapper that talks about student debt and broke and just being like financially unstable? For like, yes. Is that your and persona this week? that means I will never sell. So guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. I would like to t- take a moment to thank the good white man for bringing us here today. <laughs> and thank you, white Jesus, as well. We appreciate that. And guys, also, if you like what you're hearing, if you love the show, if you support the work that we do, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift to WHCR in the name of Let Your Voice Be Heard. And if you make a gift of... Can you say the price on, on air? Yeah, we can suggest a if, gift um, of like, I would suggest 5, a 10, gift 500. of $25, and I will personally send you all this this season's episodes of Let Your Voice Be Heard, that means from oh. January till now. Um, just make sure you put the donation in there, and then you put for Let Your Voice Be Heard, and don't forget it's at whcr.org. But we are back. We got to handle business. We got to make this money. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And now we're talking about Puerto Rico, which is now what I'm finding out, America's colonized side chick. And we're having this conversation Basically. with the great Dr. Victor Rodriguez. And that's Selena. I know you had a question. I will allow you to ask your question. Yes, I do. So, um, Dr. Rodriguez, my question is, what exactly propelled or pushed this issue into headlining news? From my understanding, it's been at least the last 15 years that Puerto Rico has been accumulating this debt. But now we're just hearing about it in 2015, uh, like the summer, the dog days of summer in 2015. What happened and why is mainstream media just now catching on? Well, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> the uh, history of relations between Puerto Rico and the United States 
it's always been like that. Puerto Rico is kind of the uh, the little orphan, the invisible uh, island with 3.5 million American citizens that are, I mean, United States oblivious to what happens in Puerto Rico, unless Puerto Rico does something terrible. Like uh, there was a revolution in 1950, there was the shooting in Congress. That calls the attention towards Puerto Rico in the United States. This time what called the attention about this incredible uh, economic crisis was that the governor finally said what everyone has been saying for the last 10 or 15 years. Puerto Rico is going to reach a point where it will be unable to pay the debt. And the governor just maybe a week and a half ago said, that debt we cannot pay. That's what brought this whole uh, issue to the forefront uh, of the news because Wall Street doesn't like when you don't pay your debts. Mm. But Wall Street doesn't pay their debts. I mean, that's, exactly. we had to bail them out Not a couple that, years ago. They commit, well, they commit crimes and don't go to jail. But, you know, obviously that is something that brought this issue to uh, the forefront, especially the, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. Thank you so much for that. So, guys, I do want to give you a chance to call in if you have any questions or concerns. I know Brother Omar called in last week, and he was very passionate about what was going on in Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. which is a big reason why we talked about it this week. We wanted to make sure we got this out here. So if you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. I want to start talking about America. I recently saw that Jeb Bush, Bernie Sanders, and Hillary Clinton were saying that the U.S. should allow for Puerto Rico to be able to file for Chapter 5 bankruptcy, I think it was. Why are they doing that, and what would that mean for Puerto Rico? Well, actually, that has been one of the little Band-Aid solutions that people uh, have been asking for. For example, the resident commissioner of Puerto Rico in Congress submitted a bill which um, is not going to be passed unless, you know, uh, McCain and the Republican Party decide that it's going to be passed. Uh, but this bill is called H.R. 870, would allow Puerto Rico to uh, use the bankruptcy process to solve its problem, just like Detroit. You no, know, Detroit has been able to solve some of its problem, not a long term, but at least many of its problems by being able to restructure, which means, you know, you change the way you pay it and you reduce some of the debt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Puerto Rico is unable to do that because in the 1980s, Congress said that Puerto Rico could not use uh, Mm -hmm. bankruptcy. And, in fact, there was uh, an effort in Puerto Rico, and they did pass a law. It was called the Creole uh, Tax Bankruptcy Law. And the federal court said, sorry, you can't do that, because you cannot do something that in unincorporated territory you're not allowed to do. Mm. Uh, Dr. Rodriguez, I have a question, because... From my understanding, Republicans are adamantly against this bill, and they're calling it a bailout. Um, they don't, you know, from my understanding, they don't want uh, Puerto Rico to be able to file a bankruptcy. So, I mean, what's the controversy here? Is it a bailout, or is it a solution? Well, frankly, it, I, I would call it a, you know, a kind of a short-term solution. It's not going to solve the problem uh, in the long term, but it's not a bailout as such, because, look, the United States, after World War II, gave billions and billions of dollars to Germany, our enemy, right? Mm-hmm. And they even <laughs> forgave the debt that Germany had. But nothing like that has been done in case of Puerto Rico. It's not a bailout. It's just a way of organizing something that is really out of control. And that's, that's what Congress, and I, I'm sure they're not going to pass it. Even when uh, Hillary Clinton is supporting it and Bernie Sanders, I doubt very much is going to support it because of the power that Wall Street has. 
So they want to milk as much juice out of Puerto Rico as they can. And frankly, Puerto Rico has no um, recourse. I was telling another um, reporter that it's like fighting a championship fight with both of your hands tied in the back. And that's mm. the situation Puerto Rico finds itself in. Right. Um, so is the the largest solution here statehood for Puerto Rico? I know Jeb Bush has been advocating for that yeah. for a while, and he actually spent some time in Puerto Rico a few months ago um, talking about how Puerto Rico deserves statehood. Now, is, 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 that the, is that what we should be advocating for? Well, frankly, maybe I'm not the person to be asked that because I support independence for Puerto Rico. Mm. But on the other hand, um, statehood is, is kind of a, a pipe dream that has always been uh, used to kind of tell Puerto Ricans, you know, you wait. Eventually, you know, you will get statehood and you will get, you know, the kind of power that you need to do this. Now, do you think Alabama is going to vote to bring Puerto Rico into the United States when Puerto Rico is going to have two senators and about, about four or five or six congressmen, more than probably half of the states. I don't think so. That's, yeah. I don't think so. And, 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 and also, it's interesting for, because from the beginning, after the war, the Spanish-American War, one of the ideas that Americans had, I'm talking about white Americans, is that Puerto Rico was a black country full of, you know, uncivilized people. And I'm sorry, I read social media, that's still what I hear about people think about Puerto Rico. So I don't think Puerto Rico is going to be welcome into statehood because the status of Puerto Rico was not created to become a state. I mean, it, America doesn't even want black people here. So <laughs> right. I imagine, I mean, you know, we're, we're watching all the stuff that is going yeah. on in the United States. Could you imagine a state which is Afro-Caribbean and speaks Spanish? Right. Uh, and you know how much Trump loves mm. people who speak Spanish. Oh, God. So, yes. you know, that's something that I don't think is going to happen. But on the other hand, it's always been used like the carrot to make Puerto Ricans in the island feel like, you know, at some point there's going to be uh, a solution. By the way, there have been four referendums in Puerto Rico, four referenda, And all of them, at least three of them clearly, were won by the Commonwealth or, or the unincorporated territory, but it's called it, they call it Commonwealth. But the idea was that it would have more powers. For example, they were asking, okay, besides which laws are applied to Puerto Rico and which not. For, for example, Puerto Rico uh, has a, was one of the first parts of the United States that banned the death penalty. We don't have a death penalty. But Clinton, with a law that he passed in, 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 in 1996, extended the kinds of penalties that could be allowed when someone was involved in a crime where someone died and it was about drugs, and so the death penalty was applied to that. Well, guess what? Now in Puerto Rico, some because we have a federal court in Puerto Rico, sometimes has tried to use the death penalty for some cases in the island. By the way, no Puerto Rican jury has voted for the death penalty since that uh, was passed. Mm. That's great. Very so progressive. We do have a call on the line. I want to let Bruce have sure. a chance to let his voice be heard. Bruce? Yes. Hey, Brother Victor. Yes, you're on the air. Right. Brother Victor. Yes, call me Victor. Hey, uh, Dr. Victor. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, my brother. Look, um, there was a time before the 80s when blacks and Puerto Ricans had a closer ties, man. You know, we, we had more of a relationship in this New York City. You know, and something happened. I went to a hostel community college, and something happened after the 80s that dissolved some stuff. I spoke with 
uh, Howard Day, uh, Howard Jordan, and a few other, uh, you know, Hispanic, and they, they 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 revealed some stuff to me about some of the elites that um, thought blacks were going to, you know, take over and this that, and the other. So they there was a, uh, a maneuver that went, and so they there was a, you know they you know they played one against the other, and so right now in the new millennium, by my my brother, with the um, the problem that's going on with you know the, the, the Puerto Ricans and, and the blacks and Americans like to see it. At the stage right now, the political stage, the president is he only got about 10 months left. And I'm not seeing any uh, Latinos, I'm not seeing any Puerto Ricans, you know, um, you know, going for these positions, man. And I learned a lot through Puerto Ricans and Spanish, you know, like you see. And I don't want this ball to drop like this here because you know, what's going on with the climate, right? The political climate, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to just let the America um, just go by the, you know, by the wayside, my brother, mm-hmm. you know. And so I would like to know, is there any idea that you have on, on, on kind of maybe perhaps we kind of <clears throat> linking arms again, my brother, in the new millennium, man? Sure. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this because one of the um, issues that I raised uh, in my book on Latino politics, uh, which was a, a book comparing Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, and also an article that I wrote for Dissident Voices, is precisely um, how the white supremacist ideology in the United States was the one that created the status for Puerto Rico, which a lot of Puerto Ricans do not understand because they think that just because there is a President Obama who's African-American that somehow white supremacy has just been dissipated. And, and I know that because I'm an anti-racist organizer and trainer, so I understand that pretty, pretty good. But unfortunately, in 1980s, there was a separation because we have elites. In, in Latin America, we have a saying that is money bleaches. The higher and more wealthy you are and more educated, the more lighter the skin becomes. And so Puerto Ricans, unfortunately... And that began to happen after the 1980s, began to identify. I would argue, and some of my Puerto Rican friends may be angry when they hear this, they have identified with white supremacy. Mm. And so just to give you a terrible example, I have a lot of friends who are doing this work in the island also and trying to do exactly what you're talking about, which is how can we begin to work together? Because no major changes. I mean, I like Bernie Sanders, but I don't think Bernie Sanders, you know, has an understanding of Latinos and blacks. I agree. I'm sorry, and I like him, and I may even vote for him, but, you know, I'm not blind about that. Well, one of the things that happened recently in Puerto Rico in the 2012 election is that imagine this candidate, a candidate that is Harvard graduate, um, Cornell University, and Oxford, and a lawyer specialized in international relations. His name is Cox Alomar. He did not get elected. His party got elected, but he was one of the high positions that was not elected. He's a black Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, Pierre Luce is a nice guy, but he doesn't have the training and the background that Cox Alomar had. And also, he's kind of very liberal. He's kind of very uh, progressive. So that is the problem, that this kind of um, colorblind ideology, this kind of idea that race is not important, has seeped into uh, Puerto Rican uh, culture. For example, Puerto Ricans in Florida uh, are more likely to identify as white mm-hmm. than Puerto Ricans in California. What's up with this? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. because 
Florida is the South, so they don't want to be, you know, included in, 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 in that category. That, I think, to me, and, and this is something that I have yet to write on it, but I think that is underlying this kind of separation that has occurred. Yeah. By the way, I, where I teach on my campus, my department and, and the Africana Studies, by the way, who the chair is Maulana Karenga, which you may have heard of, oh. he, uh, we, we work very closely uh, together. But it has to do because, you know, Puerto Ricans have always, from the beginning, worked with African Americans. Yeah. And so it's a shame that now we are kind of separated, not me, but many of my brothers and sisters are separated, mm -hmm. because they have bought into this idea that if they just ignore race, Everything is going to be hunky dory. Right. Yeah, we all drink that that flavorless Kool Aid once in a while. But <laughs> um, so, Victor, we do have to wrap things up. I would just like you to let the listeners know how they can get in contact with you and learn more information about the work that you were doing um, in Puerto Rico and on the the American land. Okay. Well, um, in Dissident Voice, if you write my name and also in Counterpoint, you're going to see a couple of the articles that I have uh, written, and also uh, I have an email that shows up in those articles. So if someone has some questions or want me to send uh, information, absolutely. Uh, you know, as you, when you introduced me, I was a labor leader in Puerto Rico and I was a student leader and I'm still an activist uh, in here in California and trying to do alliances with Chicanos and Blacks. Thank you so much, Dr. Rodriguez, for joining us here and, and speaking to us and giving us some ins insight about what's going on in Puerto Rico and the debt crisis. I mean, yeah. it, it's so much. It's def definitely ridiculous. So, guys, I do want to wrap this up very quickly and just tell you my thoughts on this. So we know Puerto Rico is in a serious debt crisis. And what we know after having this conversation with Victor is that a big reason that America, that Puerto Rico is in debt is because of Wall Street. It's because of some pretty shady laws and partnerships with America. And because America continues to treat Puerto Rico as if it's like their side chick. And I'll explain to you what side chick is because that's modern slang that... For mistress. That, um, that we use as side chicks and as side, side dudes. So we'll call them a side dude. And it means is that like you're seeing someone, but you're not the main person they're seeing. You're kind of like the person that they call on when they have some free time or <laughs> when their main spouse is getting on their nerves. And sometimes you'll get all these great perks, but most times... You're left to the sideline. You don't get assistance. You don't get help. They will ignore you, and they don't make you a priority. And right now, it seems like Puerto Rico is a pregnant side chick that America doesn't want to deal with, and that's very problematic. But, guys, we can't stay on the, phone, on the air all day talking about how bad America is because we will all be depressed. So when we come back, we'll talk about America some more, <laughs> but this time about polling because people are getting way excited about Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, and I'm about to throw some cold Ooh, Hennessy in I their faces. I can't wait for that. Let your voice be heard.